green pastures. I know you're picturing lush fields of belly deep alfalfa as far as the eye can see. Well, get that picture out of your mind. Instead, see clumps of green along the arid landscape of the Negev Desert in Israel. That's more the biblical reality. And that's what our heart is for our weekly Green Pastures devotions published by Vineyard Boise. Our hope is that each day you'll find a wee clump of green along the all-too-often arid landscape of life, just enough to sustain you, to keep you moving forward. Each daily devotion consists of four strands, the reading, the reflection, the question, and the prayer. May the Lord lead us together into the green pastures we need today to continue growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Green Pastures for Monday, August 8th. Hashtag blessed. Today's scripture reading, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14 from the message translation, which reads, How blessed is God, and what a blessing he is. He's the father of our master, Jesus Christ, and takes us to the high places of blessing in him. Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind and had settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift-giving by the hand of his beloved Son. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we're a free people, free of penalties and punishments, chalked up by all of our misdeeds. And not just barely free either, abundantly free. He thought of everything, provided for everything we could possibly need, letting us in on the plans he took such delight in making. He set it all out before us in Christ, a long-range plan in which everything would be brought together and summed up in him, everything in deepest heaven, everything on planet Earth. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living, part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. It's in Christ that you, once you heard the truth and believed it, the message of your salvation, found yourselves home free, signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit. This down payment from God is the first installment on what's coming, a reminder that we'll get everything God has planned for us, a praising and glorious life. This is God's Word. O oh me, O oh life, of the questions of these recurring, of the endless trains of the faithless, of cities filled with the foolish, of myself forever reproaching myself for who more foolish than I and who more faithless of eyes that vainly crave the light, of the objects mean, of the struggle ever renewed, of the poor results of all, of the plodding and sordid crowds I see around me, of the empty and useless years of the rest, the rest with the rest me intertwined. The question, O oh me, so sad recurring, what good amidst these, O oh me, O oh life? Answer, that you are here, that life exists and identity, that the powerful play goes on, and you may contribute a verse. That's Walt Whitman, or Uncle Walt, if you prefer, John Keating style in the Dead Poet Society, to which the unorthodox professor appends, what will your verse be? Life exists and identity. Right, 
good, but who in the world are we? Who in the world am I? We call it an identity crisis. Life shifts gears and then lunges to the left or to the right, or perhaps both at the same time, and we are left wondering just who are we now? As the psalmist puts it, the earth gives way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, the waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging, and we are borne away with them God knows where as we wash up on the shore having no clue as to who we are now. Think Jonah in the book of Jonah. Think Chuck Nolan in Castaway, or Peter Banning in Hook, or if you must, Ben Stiller in Zoolander. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Jesse Myers. But then, who needs life to throw a curveball? Many of us have no clue even before we step up to the plate to take a swing at the first pitch. We are people perpetually in search of ourselves, and too often finding ourselves in all the wrong places. Enter Paul's enthusiastic opening hymn on the first page of his letter to the Ephesians. That's right, I said opening hymn because these are lines he's belting out like a song with no discernible rest for breathing. In fact, Greek scholars are hard pressed to know just how to punctuate these 12 opening lines. You see, for space-saving reasons, since writing material was not so easy to come by, the scribal culture of Paul's day wrote with no punctuation and no spaces between words. Scriptio continua is what the experts call it. Readers are left to discern the breaks and pauses, the questions and exclamations for themselves, drawing from verbal clues within the text. But the thing is, in this opening 12-line flourish, there aren't any real verbal clues for so much as a period, which means the reader should literally be out of breath when arriving at the end of the 12th line. And just what is it that is the driving intensity, the passionate core of this one long hypnotic chorus? Identity. Specifically, our identity, as it's found in the person and accomplished work of Jesus. Blessed, chosen, embraced, redeemed, included, sealed. And these are just for starters. Read that list again. Blessed, chosen, embraced, redeemed, included, sealed. And now read it, prefacing each descriptive term with we are. We are blessed. We are chosen. We are embraced. We are redeemed. We are included. We are sealed. And then read it again, prefacing each with I am. I am blessed, I am chosen, I am embraced, I am redeemed, I am included, I am sealed. This is so much more than a shallow Stuart Smalley, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me exercise. This is so much more than positive self-talk, though a bit of that wouldn't hurt considering the self-defaming and deflating messages we have set on repeat internally ad infinitum, ad nauseum. This is tuning into the Creator's song over us all, our voices banding together in one chorus to echo back as 
We absorb it all into the very marrow of our bones. Which is why each day this week we'll begin with these same words. You're invited to tune in. You're invited to do more than just passively listen, but rather to passionately engage, ingest, absorb. Because life exists and identity, and you may contribute a verse. So each day we're starting with a message rendering of Ephesians 1, 3 through 14. And each day I'm challenging you after my reflective thoughts to read them out of another translation of your own choice. Read them again. Enter into these rhythms of identity in Jesus and let them enter into you. Then pause for a moment of personal reflection and prayer. Dwell on that first key descriptor in Paul's hymnotic opening to Ephesians. Blessed. What does it mean to be blessed? How often do you regard yourself at a foundational level to be blessed rather than cursed or abused, ignored or overlooked? How often do you feel blessed at an experiential rather than merely theoretical level? How do we stay longer and more consistently at this experiential level of being blessed? Lord, help me to wake up to what is right under my bed, the realities buried right beneath my feet, the realities of you, the realities of me in you, this glorious identity of which Paul sings. All things are yours, says the apostle, and yet I so often feel so impoverished, not blessed, but cursed and empty and alone. Wake me up to the treasure buried right beneath my feet. Wake me up to the treasure of you in me and I in you, through your Spirit, with, upon, and in us. Amen.